Hey everyone, welcome to the official podcast of The Next CMO hosted by Plana. For this week, who better to start this podcast with than Peter Mahoney, our very own founder and CEO of Plana. So Peter started Plana after 30 years in the marketing, technology, and product development space. And, you know, after a inspiring lunch, he was discussing the struggle to, you know, manage marketing budgets and plans. And he realized he was that person to build the solution. So Peter, how are you doing this, uh, this lovely Friday morning? Kelsey, I'm doing great. Thank you very much. Pretty wild at how uh, everything is kind of changing right now in our, our space with everyone working from home and, you know, everything becoming digital, but it's a good thing we're, we're living in a virtual world, huh? It, it is. I think we've all adapted pretty quickly and companies like Planet, of course, are used to working pretty, pretty remotely. And even though we're, we're usually together in the office in Boston uh, and in our development center in Ukraine, we adapted pretty quickly to to dealing with this remote world, and we happen to be recording this in two different places today. Yeah, what are some things that you guys are doing uh, to to be remote and and you know keep that community together? Well, it's funny you know the answer to this, I know, but I know you just have to ask the questions. <laughs> so one one of the things that we do do, of course, we use tools like Zoom a lot and Slack to keep people up to date. And one thing that we just started doing, we, we just implemented our remote work policy. So we asked everyone to work, work at home for the foreseeable future. And one things, thing that we decided to do was we have a, a coffee talk every morning at 8.30 to uh, try to start the day and try to make sure we still have that social connection with the team. And uh, I don't know, I think it's been pretty good. What do you think about it? Yeah, I must say the coffee uh, talk in the morning gets gets our day going, uh, keeps that, that community and the humanization of working from home when it can be um, you know, isolating to, to always be just in the same four corners every day. But uh, it's going well, I, I must say. I'm glad that um, we were able to adjust so quickly. Yeah, it's been fun. I think people really appreciate the connection. And uh, we, we have some interesting, sometimes spirited conversations. Uh, and uh, and we'll, we'll see what, what happens. It's a little bit of the new normal, hopefully for, for not too long, but we're getting, getting used to it. And I think everybody's, everyone's in a place where they're trying to get used to working remotely. Definitely. Well, uh, Peter, so today I really wanted to discuss um, your most recent post on there's a problem with marketing leadership. Um, you know, this is a pretty controversial, provocative type of um, post and I wanted to talk to you about it and discuss kind of whether or not you're prepared for the backlash of it. Uh, yeah, I, I was a little bit concerned at, at a level, but sort of in a tongue-in-cheek way. I, I think the reality is that having having been a CMO for many, many years and still hanging out with many CMOs all the time, we all talk about this, right? That there's the, the issues that I'm bringing up in this article are ones that we we know about fairly well. And, and uh, I like to call out sometimes the the obvious things that we all know about that are problems because I think it's important to, to discuss them. So even though it feels a little bit provocative to say that there's a problem with leadership, if you're talking, especially if you're talking to your potential customers, that's always interesting. But I, I think we all know that there's some issues and, and what I meant by this thing is that it's not really a people problem in general. It tends to mm. be 
a tools and infrastructure problem that is, is causing this difficulty for marketing leaders. Why do you think they're all coming to the same agreement? Oh, why are they agreeing that there, there is a problem? Mm. Well, I, I think the, it's well recognized, the issues that I bring up in this particular blog. And I mean, the most fundamental thing is that I think we all talk about the fact that CMOs aren't really holding on to their jobs. And, and that, tends to be, uh, that, that tends to be pretty fundamental of the problem. Right. Yeah. I saw in your post uh, that you had mentioned, you know, CMOs have the highest turnover rate in the entire executive uh, C-suite. So, you know, why aren't they holding on to their jobs? Well, this is something that's been talked about a fair amount in, especially among CMOs, of course, right? It's, it's a little bit of a a, how do you, how do you survive a strategy? And there are a few reasons why CMOs have been challenged with holding on to their jobs for long periods of time. And, and some of it is, some of it is because of accountability and an inability to be able to communicate that you are actually delivering value. So that's, that's a challenge. So measurability and proof of impact is very difficult for CMOs to deal with these days. And, and it's, it's a very difficult problem to solve because we're dealing in an increasingly complex world. So that's one area. I, I think the CMO can be a scapegoat in some cases where if companies are looking for change, the CMO is often a, because it's a little bit difficult to, uh, to, to prove results mm. with scientific accuracy, the CMOs can be someone that people sort of decide to pile on to. And then I, th I think there's just a lot of fundamental change in the job where in the past a CMO job, you know, if you went back a, a decade or two ago, the CMO job was a little bit different and it's increasingly become a more digital centric job. And I think everyone gets that part, that digital is pretty important. That's probably the least shocking thing that you can say. But I, I think the, the other factor that we're seeing increasingly is, is CMOs have to take a much more of uh, an overall uh, business and general management view of the world. Uh, and, and I think historically they, they haven't done that. Certainly some have, uh, but if you look overall, uh, CMOs haven't, haven't looked at sort of the whole idea of strategy execution and how does the company deliver on their goals and their strategy and things like that. I think certainly that, that's an area where if they can be better at that, I, I think they will hold on to their jobs for much longer. Yeah. And when you talk about, you know, the gap in strategy execution, why is it, is it difficult for CMOs? Well, there are a bunch of issues that make it difficult for uh, CMOs to, to drive strategy execution and start with overall marketing strategy. So first of all, I don't think enough CMOs have really embraced and communicated what their marketing strategy is. And, and I can tell you from talking to many CMOs, if you ask them what their marketing strategy is, there isn't always a super crisp answer. So let, let me give you an example, uh, a counter example anyway. So HubSpot, a local company here in Boston, has done a great job and they're clearly an inbound marketing company. Well, and that's easy for them because they, they built the company on the premise of inbound, you know, develop content, et cetera. And that's, that's the marketing strategy that they have pursued for, for a long time. Other people may be a target account marketers, they may be brand marketers, and, and I think a lot of CEO, CMOs excuse me, 
they, they intuitively understand this, but it's not really explicitly stated and they haven't really communicated it throughout the organization. So that's a big area, that's a big gap where if they haven't really defined what the strategy is, then as you get down throughout their organization, they may not be super aligned around the, the, the strategy. The, the, the second thing is that it's just very difficult for CMOs to, it's very difficult for CMOs to take those high level objectives that are part of the strategy and communicate and cascade them through the organization and keep people aligned. And it's something that's, that's an overall business execution challenge that most people have, but I think it's particularly difficult for CMOs because marketing tends to be a fairly fluid kind of function where there are lots of individuals who are making lots of different decisions on a day-to-day, week-to-week basis. And if they're not super aligned with the strategy and the goals, then things can just get a little bit off. And I, I think that's a big part of the problem. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you mentioned a lot about, you know, how the marketing world has changed and evolved. And I, I know it's changed, you know, in the last five, five to 10 years more than it did, you know, 30 years ago. So, um, you know, we got to make sure we're keeping up on the strategy and the goal front. And that comes from top level executives. Yeah, that's right. That should be a key role of the top executives is defining the strategy, defining the goals, and, and making sure that, as I said, it's really well communicated so everyone's really on the same page. And, and that can be difficult in a complex organization and even sometimes a pretty simple one. And Peter, now you have you know 30 years in the marketing um, technology space. Now, has it always been this hard? Uh, I, well, it, it has in some ways, but at the same time, the, the function of marketing has continued to become more and more complex. And, and that is an exacerbating issue with, that, that makes this a, a, a more significant problem for companies. Is that as marketing gets more complex, and, and of course the, the pace of change continues to accelerate, then it becomes very difficult for people to, uh, to, to uh, stay on track. So I think it's getting worse and worse. Some of it comes from some of the great new, some of the great evolution of, and revolution of what's been going on in marketing. There's so many great new capabilities and tools and techniques that are out there. But if, if you're not careful, it just becomes a, a blizzard of stuff unless you really align your your team behind a strategy because there's so many different tactics you can use the question is how do you pick the right ones that are going to sort of move the ball forward in a way that's aligned with your strategy yeah definitely um i always joke as a marketer i have 20 tabs open at a time and you know those 20 tabs are different technologies and tools that i use (laughs) what about you know in the article you discuss the state of the art of the tools for planning and performance tracking can you expand a little bit on that Sure, sure. Well, obviously, uh, coming from uh, from me, this is uh, this is something that's pretty important and was the inspiration behind building this company. But the the problem, as I mentioned, with the increase in complexity, uh, is that the the tools for planning just haven't evolved or changed in the last thirty years that I've been doing this. And there's some notable exceptions, and some companies I think have some some good process around doing these things. But the vast, vast majority of companies don't have a good set of systems and processes to to manage a much more complex, sophisticated kind of planning model. And 
what what that means is that most people have a a plan uh, that sits in uh, a word processing document or uh, or a PowerPoint deck, and then is implemented through uh, somewhere between one and a hundred spreadsheets, uh, and th- that's just not a practical way to manage a connected, sophisticated, agile plan. So it's created a real problem for people. And and of course, marketing people have tried to build their own tools, typically in spreadsheets, and they're disconnected from what the financial partners they work with have been using on a day-to-day basis. And and that disconnect creates lots of problems where uh, it's difficult to forecast and stay on the same page where, so not only is it difficult to sort of stay on task and make sure that marketing is executing against the, the strategy, but at the same time, you're creating this gap in uh, in understanding between what the finance team and the marketing team is doing. Uh, and, and that's really driven a strained relationship between between the uh, the marketing teams and finance teams. And I don't know if you remember Kelsey, but there was a there was a a, a study back. You wouldn't remember this. It was you were probably uh, before your time. But it you know a decade <laughs> or, or more ago, it used to be that the most difficult relationship in a company was between the CMO and the CIO because mm. as technology started to become more and more important for marketers, it, it became a, a real strain in the organization, the connection between those groups, because marketing wasn't really as good as they should have been at managing and dealing with technology, and CIOs didn't really understand the needs of marketers, so there's a real strained relationship. But interestingly, Gartner just did a, a study where they they asked about the relationships uh, the, the relationships uh, between different parts of organizations, and it turned out that that's done a complete 180. And marketing uh, considers the CIO uh, one of the most important partners. They've got a great relationship, but at the same time, what's happened is that the finance organization and the CFO has become a real blocker for marketing, uh, and that's that's. Part of that comes from the fact that that managing a complex plan on the financial side has become very, very difficult uh, and in getting approval. So um, what a lot of CEOs do is they they make the the finance organization sort of the control on marketing because they need some sort of control. And whenever you add control, it feels like it's a, a restriction. So that's created a real, real problem over time. So that's very interesting because. I mean, in in today's world, you know, finance and marketing measure in completely different ways. So um, it's just interesting that, you know, someone that's managing what marketing brings to the table from a tools perspective doesn't really know exactly how we measure and and, uh, manage things. So let me ask you this. Does Plana solve for these problems? That is the ultimate layup question, I think, Kelsey. Uh, so I, I, I hope so because that's that's why we built the platform. Uh, and the the whole idea behind Plana was that there had to be a better way to uh, allow uh, marketing teams to to build and manage their plans in a way that was aligned with finance and make it easy to use and easy to implement. So those were the big gaps that I saw. That's sort of the design center that we use to, uh, to build Plana. And uh, so far our customers are really happy with it. So uh, yeah, I, I think we're, we're, we're on the way to, to solving these problems and uh, we're really excited about 
what the uh, the platform is continuing to evolve to do. But at, at the end of the day, we have a, a whole bunch of customers who have now really dramatically improved their uh, their alignment between their strategy and their execution, their relationships between the finance team uh, and uh, and we think we're seeing some really exciting, uh, improved uh, business results coming out of them. So I, th- I think we're doing pretty well so far. I love to hear that. Definitely uh, marketers helping other marketers. Well, Peter, I'm um, going to wrap this up for, for this episode, but thank you so much for your time today. It was such a pleasure talking to you. Um, such a great conversation regarding you know, the MarTech space and you know, the problem with, with marketing leadership. Hey, thanks, Kelsey. Make sure to follow the next CMO on Twitter and LinkedIn and have a great day, everyone.